Welcome to season two of the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with artists and industry leaders from around the world. Our goal is to share knowledge, connect our community, and elevate the artistry of our craft. Hi, I'm Jesse Chu. Hello, I am Quinn Wynn, and we are the founders of the Paper Florist Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 46. I'm so excited to introduce two amazing guests with us today. Today, we have Holly and Alex Chapel, which is really fun because if you guys, I mean, most of my Posybox members know Holly through the Holly Chapel egg, which is really popular with a lot of florists for arranging bouquets, arrangements. She has several different shapes. And then her son, Alex, just joined the team just last year. So welcome, you two. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, we're excited to be we're here today. We're excited to have you guys too. <laughs> so can you tell us? So I'm in my flower shop and there are baby chicks in the background. So if you hear those, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, they're just part of the family right now. You, you actually might also hear some children screaming, cussing, <laughs> or whining. And I just always apologize about that before it gets started. They could even say something really inappropriate, <laughs> but we're going to pray that doesn't happen right now. Talking about your family, can you you tell us how many members are in your family? I have seven children. I'm going to count my husband as a <laughs> member. And then my son, Alex, who is my oldest child, who is on this podcast with us, he has a beautiful wife named Mallory. And we just had our first grandbaby. They just had their first child. And her name is Hyder. So currently, that's our clan right I love right that. Now. And I bet Aww. everyone is super tight-knit right now with COVID-19, how you're having to handle everybody else home. How is that for you? Well, actually, the three youngest children are the only ones home. And it's actually kind of fun and great because I almost said we don't have school. Alex's wife is a teacher. So for her to say to say that we don't have school, I would say that I'm not taking this very seriously. But we kind of, we don't really have school. We don't have school. It is hard with the other children because I can't see them. So we are really practicing the social distancing So I'm not allowing anyone to come here at all because I have to stay healthy so that I can keep doing the work. And we feel like that's the safest way to protect each other is for us to really follow those guidelines. And I bet, especially since you have a working farm. Are you doing all the work, you and your husband? Well, typically my husband does all of the farming and we had one wonderful staff member who she came on board last September. So it was the first time we are going to have help out at the farm. It was to be a really big, huge blessing that we were really looking forward to. And unfortunately, you know, she can't come. So I am trying to help and we're trying to encourage the younger children to help, but they're not really on target yet. They're starting to get the seriousness of the situation. So yes, I'm helping out there. I'm doing the harvesting and trying to do some of the planting, but I'm also, you know, responsible for the designing and and so much more. All of a sudden I'm doing all the housework and, you know, the cleaning. I mean, there's so much cleaning before you can even start designing scrubbing all the buckets, getting, you know, the the cooler ready to receive all the flowers. It's just a lot. And the first four children, 
I did with no help in the house. When I was pregnant with my sixth child, my fifth child was like 11 months old. We got help. That was the first person we hired was someone to help me in the home with the children and the laundry. And that allowed me to do other tasks. But now our, you know, our nanny can't come. So I'm trying to do all of that. And, you know, it's the house can get really messy and cluttered really Especially quickly. All those members which, in the house. Yeah, it can. And, and with chickens in the house, that doesn't help. <laughs> so, it's a good time for my younger brothers to learn did. how to do laundry, I say. Yes, definitely. How young is your youngest? So the youngest is 11 and that's Grace. And then Samuel is 13 and Elijah is 14. But I would say in all honesty, the fact that they've always had help in the house. They're not like my other Mm. four children. They are less equipped to participate. So they missed out on that. So Alex, how was it growing up in your family household? Because do you feel jealous that the younger kids are, you know, they they don't have to work as hard as you did? Because you probably had to do a lot more household chores. I mean, we definitely make those jokes a lot. But to be honest with you, it's like any either situation has its benefits. Like I more feel worried for my younger siblings. Like I like that I know how to cook and clean. I know they'll figure it out. It just I feel like a lot of people had this experience where they went to college and maybe their random roommate you know, a lot of people, you'd get paired with somebody who clearly had never taken care of themselves. I worry about that for them sometimes. But <laughs> when when people are in those situations, they just learn quickly, you know, trial by fire, I, sort of. They're getting COVID training now. They're learning. So I told them, <laughs> I told them the other night, like, I, I cannot take care of their rooms. They're going to have to do that. So you know, hopefully they'll stay on target and and help us. I mean, they they really have stepped up to the plate. So let's quit cracking on them. And yes. The (laughs) other part of it where I guess this is where I sort of feel sorry for kids is that like I had a job when I was a teenager and now I was working for my grandfather who we could talk about a little bit more. But a lot of kids these days, like I'm only 33, but the extracurricular activities and the expectations that they have with schoolwork are already way higher than when I was a kid. And so kids don't even have time to get a job or employers don't really like to hire kids anymore. So I'm always kind of grateful. Like I saved up money for my first car, which just seems like a totally foreign thing for teenagers these days. And I Mm -hmm. I really, Alex and his um, sister, Abigail, child one and two got to work with my father. I really think now looking back on it, it was an incredible experience. It was a lot of hard work. I mean, he was a hardcore German, you know, if you're not working 70 hours a week, you're pretty much a slacker. But he put a work ethic in the two oldest children that I would say no one else in the family really has that drive as intensely because he was tough. I mean, I, I remember wanting Alex to be home for Mother's Day and my father was just appalled. Like because that's obviously a big day in a garden center, right? So not saying the other children aren't hard workers. I'm just saying that, that Alex and Abby benefited from being, being with my father and learning to work like he did. My father had a garden center. When I was young, he had a landscaping firm. And so he would out, go out in the lawns in Washington, D.C. and plant and landscape. And he had a team. And then when I was, I think, 
I think like uh, young children, we got a garden center and then we started taking care of the plants and we had a sell corn and tomatoes like on the back of a pickup truck so like he I have two sets of twin sisters and he would put the five of us little blonde girls on a pickup truck and put us out on the highway and we would sell corn and tomatoes all of and grow chrysanthemums so there's a lot of stories um, in regards to all of that and um, we had a big farm we had horses we had cattle when we were young there were chickens there were geese. I mean, it was it was a big, crazy farm. And sure, Is that how you found um, I didn't want world? anything to do with it. I will tell you, as children, just like my kids, I hated him and hated working for him. And I, <laughs> I really didn't think it was taking hold at all. But this was more tending to an entire plant, growing the plant, watering the plant. It wasn't about floral design at all. When I was going on my first date with my husband, Evan, to the first time I was going to his family home, I decided I could make a flower arrangement. And I don't know what made me think I could do that, but I cut daffodils, went roadside hunting, got enough flowers and made my first true fresh cut flower arrangement. And it kind of started from there. Now, Years later, I realized that actually I knew how to do that. And I had the confidence because dad had taught me how to design. Like I used to make Christmas centerpieces with evergreens and he taught me how to make wreaths. He taught me how to make garlands. All of that was sold at the garden center, but it was at Christmas time. It wasn't centerpieces and arrangements. So we got the house that we live in today and it was loaded in lilac and peonies and spirea. And I just started designing. So I guess like I, I stayed within the same um, profession, but I found my own niche within it. So that's how it all kind of came together. It's amazing to me when I look back, because like you would have never, if you had told, you know, 15 or 16 year old Holly, she would be doing this. I probably would have spit at you. (laughs) 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 So Alex, what was your experience growing up on a flower farm? Yeah, well, by time I was old enough to work for my grandfather, he had actually downsized a little bit. He had owned this big nursery where we're from in Leesburg for decades. And then he had downsized to this smaller farmer's market that was just a few miles from the house uh, we grew up in. I worked with him there in the summers and we mostly sold produce, but he also had a sizable garden himself. So we grew a lot of things. I mean, I've joked since that time in those summers, like I've always said, if, if there's like a personalized heaven for everyone, mine is like a field of ripe tomatoes. There's just, there's just <laughs> nothing better than eating as many tomatoes as you want on a hot summer day. I really love tomatoes a lot. Yes. That's the best thing. A freshly ripened tomato off the vine. I mean, I really, really feel bad for people that have never had the experience. A lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. they've never actually eaten a tomato. So what is your favorite tomato? That you like to grow we used to grow eat. a lot of this variety called mortgage breaker which is just like a standard red round tomato but my favorite to eat really are sweet 100s i just like to pop oh yeah mm-hmm. those are delicious and we also used to grow this heirloom that i really like called green zebra it was like a oh yeah it i love those too mm-hmm. they're like green mm-hmm. and white yeah those and are so really good. i didn't know you knew that yeah. i used to work at i didn't learn the, <laughs> i didn't learn the varieties I when i was work- out in the field i was bitching and moaning <laughs> 
<laughs> so good work, Alex. <laughs> but before we started the call, Quinn, you mentioned for a second about how even though you're already working at home, something about working home now feels a little bit harder during like this whole Corona thing. Yeah. And I, I think what that reflects a little bit now as we're talking about my grandfather is that what I think I miss most about working with him was just the fact that we were outside all day, every day. And Mm -hmm. in the fall, when we used to go back, when I used to go back to school, I would actually get pretty bad bouts of seasonal depression. And what it was because the main driver for it was like, suddenly I was inside all day under fluorescent lights. And I think whether people realize it about themselves or not, you get a lot of energy from being outside in the sun. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people right now, even if they already worked at home, whether they realize it or not, their time outside of the house has been drastically reduced. And I just don't think that's good for you. So when I went to college yeah. and I first got like desk jobs, I would constantly find myself daydreaming about just being outside. For a <laughs> <laughs> so Holly, that was probably an easy pool to get Alex no, to come and work for you. I still don't know how I got so lucky. Um, I I hoped that that would lure him back because it does seem, I mean, when I hear him reminisce about that, it seems pretty much a part of his core. But, you know, I was hopeful for that. And somehow, you know, he was very committed. He was working for the government, if he could tell you more about that if he wants to. He was very committed to making a difference there. And, you know, but I think he's got too much of an entrepreneur in him. You know, my my parents were both entrepreneurs. And then, of course, his parents are entrepreneurs. So I... I did hope that would bring him back. But the funny thing is, is when he came to work for us, you know, he's really actually handling a lot of computer work. He thought he was going to be out in the field. <laughs> yeah, we need to get him in the field, though, because we're definitely going to need help out there for sure. But yeah, I mean, like I know you use Kajabi also, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it surprised me so much that and maybe this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, but every business in the world right now is mostly digital enterprise, even if you're a farm. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. this week, my mom is pivoting to trying to sell her flowers like bouquet to bouquet, which is not really something she's done ever, right? Because she's a wedding and event florist. Mm-hmm. Well, she's yeah. doing a lot of hard work putting together the bouquets, but half the headache has been setting up the online sales page, right? That that's mm-hmm. that yeah. work. I don't want to say it's harder than de- designing the bouquets, but it's its own complex issue. It um, really is. Yeah. Because Jesse and I, just to interject real quick, is we've been redesigning the Paper Florist Collective website and pushing it over to Kajabi and just updating it and revamping everything and putting together the sales page. There's so many different components that people don't think about. Not only are you connecting it to the online platform, you're connecting to the sales page, you're connecting to the different graphics and you're connecting to all these different components. What's been the hardest for you, Jesse, on developing the new website? (laughs) Kajabi itself. (laughs) I mean, I've used WordPress. I've used Squarespace. I've used different types of WordPress themes as well. Kajabi is not intuitive (laughs) and I don't want to piss on them because they've been fantastic. And the, like the funneling and all that stuff, like it's amazing, but it is alert, like a really steep learning curve. So I can see like, if you want to whip up something in a day, it would be really difficult. Although I've heard that they have fantastic customer service, but I can see why it would be a challenge 
challenge putting up a sales page or even just like a shopping cart for, you know, bouquets, all those other issues that you have to consider and put into the sales page. Yeah, it'd be a challenge. Well, we're actually doing the sales of the flowers through Squarespace. So our Jessie, um, we have a Jessie also, she's working on that. But I mean, it, it, it's just it's just been one thing after the next. And it's so funny to me because I, I also, like the one thing I have purchased since I've been home is seeds, like massive amounts of tomatoes and veg. And my husband's like, what are you doing with all this? And I'm like, I think I'm going back to my roots. Like I'm going to be prepared this year to sell tomatoes and sell cucumbers and sell squash if that's what comes down to it. So we are preparing, you know, for any type of additional income that we can bring in because the wedding events and the education is not going to happen. So you know, I plan these huge conferences for floral designers and we were supposed to be in New York exactly the week that it all popped out and supposed to be in Ireland next month. I had a Belgium designer coming over in May, a German designer coming over in June. All of the conferences and workshops that we spent a year building are now canceled. And, you know, the weddings and events are postponed. So I have to do what I can do to make this all work because I don't want to lose my team. So, you know, I do think having more things planted on the farm this year will make a big difference. And we're able, because it's opening, air. I have been designing the pieces and putting them on a sterilized table in the barn. I washed down all the buckets with Clorox. Everything is clean. And we've sent out messaging to everyone that they're to go into the barn and pick up their design and exit the barn. And if they see a car at the barn, that they're not to go in until they see someone come out. So no one is seeing each other or passing each other. Oh, that's wonderful. I feel really good about that. And, you know, there's, you know, we all have a very big responsibility to practice the social distancing. I am agricultural, so I am allowed to continue to work, but I, I want to make sure that what I'm doing, they literally will not come in contact with anyone. So I feel like that is following the rules to the absolute ninth degree. And I am, I'm a, I'm a little wild and crazy sometimes, but for the most part, I'm very much a rule follower and I operate with like, I have old fashioned morals and policies in regards to life and to my business. So I'm being good and I, I like what we've come up with and I, it is kind of, I'm enjoying it, but we're only a weekend. So we'll see how this all goes down. Like it is very hard to be on the computer trying to help the team and connect with my team via Zoom and to also be in the field. It, it's just, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. So. Well, yeah, it's to order. So we don't put the created design up for sale. It's put in an order and then we're going to make something for you once the order. Yep. That's correct. That's exactly how we're doing it. And what's funny is that because uh, part of what they're buying is uh, my mom's artistic experience because basically you you pick a price point, which loosely translate to the size of the design, but we can't make any promises for you about colors or blooms because at any time when you put in an order, it's sort of, well, what's blooming today? So that's not some people, that's not to some people's taste, but to others, I, and I like to think it's sort of a part of the adventure, right? Like 
you don't really know what's gonna what what's gonna happen for you. I can imagine it can be very well. It's so demanding. Uh, but I was going to ask you. So um, you design, and then do you list the you know your your designs or your bouquets for sale on Squarespace, and then people buy and then come pick it up? Is that what's happening right now? You know, I just thought of something how you could move from Squarespace over to Kajabi with the Holly stuff. This is something that would be an added value for your customers is because you know how you have to tag in a product uh, with either a video or some sort of component that people can log in and see. What if you had, you sell the bouquet, but then they get to buy it as one of the products that you grant them is actually a video on how to take care of the bloom after the fact. Right. So you need to trim the bottom part. That would be a great way to integrate those people into mm-hmm. the chapel design in a lo- different compartment where it's more of the user versus a student. Basically, how do we keep up with these people? But it's interesting because before a few days ago, we weren't in the business of selling bouquets to individuals. So, but yeah, it's how can we keep them engaged and invite them into our educational enterprise? I think it's yes. And a growing one. But one of the things that's interesting for us is that to date, our educational offerings have mostly been for other existing floral professionals, meaning people who already have a business. And so what's new for us is developing education for people who don't own a business. Maybe they're just, we call them flower enthusiasts or flower dreamers. So that's kind of a new thing for us. We're, we're creating content specifically for those people right now. I love that. So one thing <laughs> so one thing that Alex and I do on a monthly basis is we actually meet together on a Zoom call and we talk about Kajabi and how we can leverage Kajabi a little bit better for our business. So like this short little conversation we have, this is what he inspires me. I hopefully inspire him on different techniques and different ways to use Kajabi. And it's been really fun getting to know Alex in this different way. Yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed talking to you and other Kajabi users just because I'm someone that's good at like reverse engineering. So like, I like to see what other people do and then think about how I could um, recreate that for, for our experience, for our audiences. Yeah. But, and we've often, we've often talked about and this is sort of the, the beauty of what's maddening about Kajabi or any technology, which is that you have to learn how to bend it to your will. But if you, if you yes. do, <laughs> you can do almost anything you can imagine. But it's amazing mm-hmm. sometimes how you feel like MacGyver a little bit where you're like, I need a piece so of floss yeah. and Kajabi and then I can actually create the experience I want for users. So one of the really interesting question I have for you guys is it's been really interesting listening to you, how you've been able to pivot, how you've been able to change what you have right now to how you're operating and adding new components and changing your business. So you can, you can move on from this COVID-19 situation to become still viable after this. Are you applying for SBA loans? Are you applying for women grants that are available right now for the COVID-19 situation? So we applied for the SBA disaster relief, which I think is a $10,000 grant um, or loan. It's a loan. Sorry. Alex did that paperwork for me. And then we did the PPP, which is the payroll protection policies or loan and all of that has been filed. And then I did something also, I saw another one, which was from, was called the Red Backpack. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. 
What is that about? Um, it's for women, women-owned entrepreneur. Uh, the Let me try the red backpack. Yeah. And it was sent to me by one of the chapel designers and it's the Spanx company. That's right. I did hear about that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was really fascinating. They're picking, I think a thousand women. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I might as well try for this. So those are the ones I've done so far. I'm, I'm willing to do anything and everything I can do. My goal right now is to keep my team employed. That's my that and to obviously keep the farm and keep everyone fed. Oh, good. Now there's a baby. I love this. <laughs> Babies and chicks, all of it. I know. I think I'm, no, I think it's a, is like punching. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that, you know, let's, this is real something. life. I don't do something. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like that we've gone to, rea- to reality here. Let's just keep going with it because yes. this is the way it really is. And all of us are going through this right now. Exactly. So, so yes, we have done those applications. I'm hopeful. I've done a lot of really, I feel like I've been very proactive. I went to both of my mortgage companies because we have a house that we live in, which is two miles from the farm. And then we have the farm. So I asked for a deference on those, which is, is that a word, deference? I don't know that it is. Alex, the English major. I asked that oh, those wow. payments be deferred and and they were wonderful. With What did he say? Ugh. I asked that those be okay. I asked that those be deferred, which was fabulous because what they did was just tack that on to the end. Whereas where I'm asking that from other people, they might like for healthcare, for instance, this was so frustrating and annoying. They said, Oh, well, we can help you with that. We won't have you pay the bill in April, but you'll owe it in May. (laughs) It's just like that is not helping me right now. But you know, I did all the things that I could think of just to help sustain us so that the money can stay in the bank so that I can do the payroll. And I'm just trying to come up with as many ways possible as I can to generate income with the the magnitude of loss with all of the workshops and the weddings. You know, selling $50 bouquets and $100 bouquets isn't going to quite catch us up, but at least it keeps us coming. And I asked my husband, I said, do you think that I I should do this. Do you think it's stupid? And he said, no, I think it's awesome that you're trying. And he said, and it'll, and it's good for your mind and it, and you're with the things that you love. So I, I think it, I think it's really healthy for me to be as um, close to the flowers as I can possibly be right now, because otherwise I am a very sensitive, emotional person. Some people say I'm an empath and I could not handle everything that was happening if I was really focusing on that. I'm focusing on harvesting tulips and helping other designers. And that is helping me get through each and every day. And you know, the other thing too, is when you do physical labor, it exhausts you so that when you go to bed at night, you can't worry. You just pass out because you're so tired. So that's been our plan. One of the things we're working on is adding some educational components for everyday people. So magically, enough, honestly, two weeks before this 
um, pandemic hit, I filmed some courses that were geared towards anyone being able to go to the grocery store and get flowers or from a local um, farmer's market or from your own personal garden. And so we're working on implementing those. And Alex doesn't really know this, but catch sun. Um, I <laughs> am pretty like I am devastated about Mike Burma not being able to come over in May and Gregor not coming in June. So what I need to try and figure out, like it may, maybe I can't make this work, but what I'd like to try and do is figure out how I can do some for virtual education with some of my colleagues. So these are things that I want to work on. We'll see what happens. The other thing we did, which was, this was amazing. I can't believe we talked about this. Alex, I'm really, I'm loving this super proud of it. Alex was in the midst of building a community for our followers called The Greenhouse. And he and I were working on this and hopeful that it would, you know, launch, you know, and it would be this really fun place where our followers, I didn't, I didn't want to have another um, platform like there are other platforms. I wanted to have our own platform. So we did it in Kajabi because this is going to turn out to be a Kajabi app. Brand. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, let's call it the greenhouse where we can grow seeds of hope. It's cheesy, but I, I love, love it. it. Because her farm is called I love it. Farm. Right, right. Yes, so on brand. And so he started that and, you know, it, we're on the fence. Like, do we launch this now that everyone is in turmoil and in this crisis? And we talked about it long and hard and we opened it with like, it's $10 a month. It's like nothing. So actually that's not true. Everything is something right now. I don't want to minimize that, but I do feel like the content in there, it's easily worth it. And I'm filming and just adding all this information, everything kind of the the little bits and things that we're doing. And Alex, the director of education is tending to the students and it, I love it. I think that's a really cool place and I'm super hopeful about where that will go. Alex, what do you think about the greenhouse? Yeah. I mean, the purpose of it initially was that we have these really amazing educational experiences that we offer either in person or online, but it's sort of like a one and done experience. You either finish all of the online videos or you come to a three-day workshop and that's the end. And I was thinking that we needed a place for ongoing education for our students, right? Because we're learning and doing new things on the farm or in the floral studio every day. And a lot of really interesting things that we learn are, were just dying on the cutting room floor. I didn't have a place to deploy this content to our students. So I made this space and it's totally optional. You know, some of the, some of our current students, maybe they won't, you know, want to engage with this, this ongoing education, but others will. And, and then the other thing that's cool about it is that because it is just $10, I'm hoping it's a space for people who are considering becoming our students or not even just our students, but considering entering the flower world. The way I've been describing it is that here's a space where you can come and get a real look at this work, right? Because we put raw and unpolished real 
content in this place about growing flowers and designing flowers and starting a business. And so what I hope for some people is that they'll get this behind the scenes look and they'll get encouragement and realize like, yeah, I can take the leap into this world. But also I think it's just as valuable and powerful for some people. They'll get that look and say, you know, I don't really know if this is for me because I think that that's an awesome thing to offer to people too, because making a career shift is a, is a really big decision for any person in their family. And I don't, I wouldn't want anyone to make a giant leap or a huge investment before they they've realized that it, the time is right or that they think they can do it. Yeah. Cause there's always so much more in the background, what you need to do. Cause sometimes looking at the front Everything looks so pretty, beautiful flowers, arrangements, and you don't know all the hard work that goes behind the scenes to accomplish that from cleaning the buckets, like wiping it down, keeping everything sterilized so the flowers will last even longer. There's so many different things. And I love that you're educating all your chapel designers, new upcoming students. That's really amazing. I love it. Yeah. And like my mom mentioned, I had been developing this for a while. And then so it was just this interesting moment where we had to decide, well, is it appropriate to deploy something like this during the current crisis? Because any education is an investment, even at $10. And so it's fair to wonder if people are going to have a budget for that right now. But we just decided that actually this was the perfect time to launch it because for one thing, people are stuck at home. So engaging on an online community is sort of their only choice, but also people feel alone right now. And if anyone could join Greenhouse and interact with us and each other and really escape all of their worries for a little bit, I mean, that that seems like an awesome service and we're excited about providing it and just seeing how it grows. And I do think it's helping. I know there are a lot of people who don't have a community and right now is a really stressful time. So it's great to have places where there's inspiration and, you know, support if you need it. I do have an organization, you mentioned Chapel Designers. That is for roughly 200 designers. We have our own closed forum. And in there, you know, I've never been so grateful for that network. Well, hopefully in September, October, we'll be able to hang out at your farm, bring some of our paper flower, paper flower community members as well. Make some paper flowers, check out your farm, have you teach us as well. Yeah, we would love that. And I think everyone kind of needs to get away by September and October. So hopefully. No kidding. Yeah, that's so worth Well, and there, and there will be lots of inspiration too, because you guys you like to look at vases and things of real different flowers, right? When you're making, is mm -hmm. that true? So in the fall, there will be dahlias, lots of different types of dahlias. Um, I get those from Erin at Florette. She's so good to me. Cosmos, Zinnia, there'll be passion flower, there'll be clematis vine, there'll be uh, celosias and amaranthus and sunflowers of every color. So it should be like, we should be rich in all kinds of flowers, real and paper flowers. So I'm super excited about that. Everyone whose season is changing into winter, we need we need to get all of the floral designers who are moving into winter right now to find out about the paper flowers because that would give them the encouragement 
encouragement and the um, happy thought that they need right now. You guys need to seriously jump on that. It's a great idea. It is. I mean, because uh, honestly, if I didn't have the flowers right now, I think I would go crazy. And so that that would be a great way for them to have flowers in their life right now. Yes. Yes. I love that. Our Australian friends. Start spreading the word over there. You know what? You guys share some of the paper flowers with me and then uh, like pictures and I'll put them up on my Instagram and say, hey, this is for my friends in another region so that you can still have these flowers in, in the middle of this storm. Yeah, that'll be so cool. Yeah, I love that. That's a good plan. I'm all about helping people and trying to figure out solutions to make anything and everything better. So I like that a lot. Oh my gosh. It's going to be amazing. I have to say like when I surround myself with flowers, either paper or real, for sure, it just makes me really happy. And I think, and I think we need to right now, especially right now to be more selfless and help others who are in need or who are not as fortunate as us. Right. Right. That is so true. And I mean, we keep, everyone keeps talking about how hard this is. It's hard from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. I get that. But in the scheme of things, if most of us are still blessed mm-hmm. to have our home and food, yeah. and if we can just keep our health, that's really what matters. Yes, Absolutely. definitely. And I am very, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that everyone, you know, can stay safe during this time. So it's very scary. It is. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> and, and our chickens. And some preteens and some teens. And, and a baby. baby. Yes. Yeah, we had it all. <laughs> no. All right, you guys. Chickens. Well, thank you so much. And I am I'm really honored that you wanted to do this. And I'm also very thankful to Alex for helping me um, reach new um, heights and bring a different level of education and inspiration to my followers. Oh, just in time. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, guys, for, for spending the hour with us. Yeah. We were so honored to have both of you on our podcast. We really appreciate your time. You guys are awesome. Thank you so, so much.